When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Soon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this week, we are going to be talking about episodes four, five, and six of the original 1987 series oh of boy. season three of that series. That oh, boy. That. So we got, what, the Maltese hamster, Sky Turtles, and the old... And the old switcheroo. Usually you have to pay extra for the old switcheroo, but we're giving it to you for free. (laughs) They don't just give those out anymore. Right. (laughs) Unless you're us, apparently. But episodes four, five, and six of season three. And uh, yeah, (laughs) we are definitely in Saturday morning cartoon territory. Yeah, I watched these on Saturday morning with a bowl of cereal. And, and my wife kept coming in the room and, like, making rude remarks about how terrible <laughs> it was. So. Yeah, because, uh, yeah. Yeah, these three episodes are, uh... yep, they're episodes. Yeah, they, they didn't really feel the thing. But, you know, I've been able to maintain my Turtles hype by playing with the Turtles on Injustice 2 because that went on sale this week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I definitely got to get that game because I really like I've watched the video, like the compilations of like their intros and like all of the different com- like conversations they have with, you know, different characters like Hellboy and mm-hmm. like that stuff. It's so cool. And it's like I've never really been like a super Mortal Kombat fan, but like I just there's something about watching like these games and how like good they've made them lately yeah like it's just so cool and to see turtles in this style is just really cool like i don't necessarily want to see them in mortal Kombat. yeah but like i wouldn't mind like a nether realm like if nether realm branched out from fighting games and made like an rpg or like an action game then like hell yeah i mean i would love if nether realm made a ninja turtle fighting game i would die for that That'd be pretty great, yeah. Yeah, I do like. I've seen a video of like all their. I guess they have different armor and costumes you can give them. Yeah, and like Raph's Raph's best armor looks like a Bane's venom is coursing through them. It's really cool. Yeah, it, it, the gear is super cool. I love it. Um, I wish that they would just like I don't know, like Nickelodeon should just give the rights for idw to just put them in the injustice universe and they can just keep <laughs> them there and, and they can just live there yeah. and i would be 100 okay with that <laughs> and then we cool. can get them in every injustice video game as as just characters in the roster i would love that it's wild if they showed up there and like smash brothers <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean i don't know like the turtles 
it's, it's a funny thing because people are always surprised and they're like the turtles and injustice and then it's like yeah you've got a psychokinetic gorilla you know <laughs> like, i mean yeah like they <laughs> make they make perfect sense like yeah. in a game like injustice like you know they're they're comic book characters primarily mm-hmm. yeah. like yeah we all know them from the cartoon but like they started as comic books yeah, and they nailed it in in the Injustice games. Like just their their personalities and the fun things they say. Like, it's fantastic. I would love to see more of them in in a game like that. But you know, it's not very often they do a DLC two times for two different games. I re- I remember I remember the morning they got announced. Um, like, I, I can't even remember why I was watching it. Um, and like just the what like just that reaction of, of like the when the turtles like first walk out like i, th- I think it opened and they were like in their trench coat or something it was uh, just raphael in an alley I think it was just i think it was just raf walking out he's like mind if i play or whatever it's something yeah something like totally yeah. like and it just blew everyone's minds because we're all like what the hell is going on with this game now <laughs> yeah no, it's funny because like two of my favorite characters in the game and two of my favorite characters to play are both DLC characters that aren't even DC characters. Like we and there's both Hellboy and Ninja Turtles in there. Yeah, like I like and Hellboy looks amazing in there too. Like yeah, and his dialogue is just some of my favorite. Like it's so it's just like the comic book. Like I said, they just nail the personalities of these characters in these games. Yeah, we need a Hellboy Ninja Turtles crossover at some point. Yeah. I would, awesome. I would love that. It Hellboy be, and Green would Lantern. Be really cool. Then I can die happy. <laughs> I've seen a, there's I've seen a lot of fan art of like the turtles as lanterns lately. Yeah, and uh, it's funny because like I wrote it out a while ago, and like because a lot of people put the lan- like the turtles as um, you know like their color scheme. So like Leo's a blue lantern, Donatello's yeah. you know an indigo yeah. lantern. I don't buy that. Me neither. No, nope. I, I could, I could put Leo as a blue, and I could put Raph as a red lantern. I will go the other way. I will say, Leo is one hundred percent a green lantern. I mean, yeah, I can also see him as green, but if you had to give each like, I'm gonna go Raph as an indigo lantern. Yeah, because you think because the whole like the psychopath thing. Uh, you know what? No, I'm gonna rephrase that. Um, he's gonna be a star sapphire. I don't know. I, I usually would pick Mikey for a star sapphire. Mikey, I would go either the Blue Lantern, just as the most as the most hopeful of of the four turtles. That's fair. Uh, or I would cheat and make him green, just because he loves pizza so much, and he is kind of greedy, like selfish. <laughs> oh, orange. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't sorry. think I'd, I don't think I'd give him orange. But I wouldn't give him orange. I would I would cheat and do it. Um, but I think uh, he would be blue. Uh, Raph would be, I can't even remember what the star sapphire color is now. Purple, violet, I guess is what they call violet, it. Violet, that's what it was. Uh, uh, Leo is green. Uh, Donatello was the hardest one for me. Yeah. Um, and I, I, that one, I can't, that one, I can't nail down. It's tough uh, too. That one, like... that one, I joked around that he was, he was just a red lantern because he is seriously a, like, <laughs> secretly a psychopath that wants to you know kill everybody it's tough too because like you can kind of make the argument for any of them being 
all of them you know like mm-hmm. yeah you depending could, on yeah. how you look at the character it, it, you could you could make an argument yeah yeah seeing as like i'd give raf red i think i'd give leo blue but like specifically thinking of idw leo you know just because he's like someone with a lot of faith in his father yeah he's and the like, one that believes in miracles yeah he's the one that believes in miracles and believes in all of the the religious type stuff that's going on in the background the spiritual things he's the one that goes on the astral plane so i, mean, I guess that that's is, why I that is him. very blue mm-hmm. um i i still go back to like that pure willpower yeah but he that's... he definitely i feel like the green lantern thing does fit him the best but the issue i had is like if i had to like if i could only do one core per turtle mm. like donatello that's the only one i could think of him for him as green lantern as well like just because it's kind of that neutral one and Donatello's kind of in that neutral area. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Like, him and Leo could be, you know, kind of kind of greens together. One, mm-hmm. one's, a, one's a Hal, one's a John or Guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so then, like, yeah, Mikey, if he's going to be deputized the same way Ray, uh, yeah, Ray Palmer's Adam, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah was the same way he was in blackest night then i would say that indigo is okay for like for michelangelo because he's a very you know that's a that's a good person. point that's a good point like but mikey was, would definitely be an indigo if he's if he's deputized in the same way he was because like that one was because ray palmer was a compassionate person mm-hmm. but like when they actually induct someone into the indigo core it's because they're like a straight up psychopath. And so the ring, like, well, not the ring, but their staffs like pretty much force mm. them to feel compassion. Yeah. It's a, it's and a parasitic like, staff. Yeah. yeah like, That's right. It's been them. a while since I've read any books in the emotional spectrum. So, yeah. I mean, it's kind of been phased out by now. So, really? I feel say... like that's like the best thing the lanterns had going for them in years. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's pretty awesome, but it, it was getting kind of stale. Definitely by the end of New 52. Uh, I guess, yeah. I kind of fell off during New 52. Yeah, and then Vin Diddy kind of came in and he did some interesting stuff with just the Sinestro Corps and the Green Lanterns. Mm. Um, Reds might have been sizzling in the background, I'm not sure, but they pretty much did an arc that almost annihilated most of the emotional spectrum elements to shrink everything back down again. Mm. And then Grant Morrison was just like, Crumple everything up into I'm a Grant ball. Morrison. I'm going to do whatever I want. Yeah, exactly. Let's just so, let's just do this. Let's make them all Green Lanterns, and we'll just say that Leo is Hal, Mike is Kyle, uh, Raphael is Guy Gardner, and then Dante is John Stewart. That's perfect. There we go. That is perfect, right there. there. All right. We'll actually get talking right. about these episodes now. <laughs> so let's tell a story. <laughs> no, that was fun. That yeah. was fun. Yeah, I mean, it's you know partially green lantern podcast we, we bring it up a lot here yeah <laughs> like, if we ever run out of turtles we should just like like pivot into green lantern hard <laughs> i don't think we'll ever quite run out i think we'll all we'll, i think there's enough turtles to keep us going for a while yeah especially if a new animated series comes out like we'll, we'll catch up for sure to it but if there's a new animated series coming out along with comic books that are current like that should keep us Pretty we busy. still got 40 more episodes of season three to get through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So right. then let's get cracking into it and tell a story. Perhaps I can best explain the story of my young friends and I. 
is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. Who did Sky Turtles? Uh, I did Switcher. I thought, uh, sorry, I thought that yours was Maltese Hamster. Was yeah, I thought, I thought you were Maltese. Oh, really? Keith, yeah, I thought Keith was Sky Turtles, and then I was Multi, or I was Switcheroo. I think so, my DVD did it in a different order. It, it, it does. Yeah, it does. yeah, it does. But it's because it, it everywhere threw me else too. listed. Everywhere else is listed the opposite way. Even in oh. the even in the booklet for the DVD, it's it's listed Maltese Hamster first. But yeah, on the DVD, it's backwards. So this is where oh. this is where some of the episodes are produced out of order. Huh. And that I think so, so I think some I think the DVD lists it in um air date order, but actual like listings like Turtlepedia have it in production order. Huh. Well then. I'm just gonna leave this whole thing in there. Maybe not the awkward silence, but uh <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, because because Maltese hamster aired. Uh, on the September 28th, Sky Turtles is the 29th. Huh. All right, then. Well, then, we'll be going to be doing the Maltese hamster first. <laughs> I will be going. That's mine. <laughs> so, our story begins when the Turtles check out a series of robberies that are being done by a mob using sci-fi weapons that must be coming from Shredder. As they are out with April, she sees a hamster statue that she loves, and she buys it. A boy is sent to deliver it to the apartment. So they hand it off to a boy that's there to go deliver it to her apartment where she is not. Anyway, it makes sense. Mikey wants a pizza maker that's there, but he is a quarter short and can't purchase it. After they leave, the mob comes looking for the hamster statue and trashes the place. Mikey finds a quarter and goes back to buy the pizza maker, but 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 gets captured by the mob who are apparently supposed to nab the turtles. The two toe Terrapins go back and learn of this, of his kidnapping and go searching for him while they are split up and looking. Michelangelo is taken. Not Michelangelo. Raphael is taken. Leo and Don go back and get splinter and decide to see what the mob and shredder are up to while out splinter and Leo get captured, but Don escapes. He goes to Channel 6, looks for April, and tells her everything. We cut to the mob talking to the Shredder and learn that he has given them the weapons in exchange for finding the hamster statue. The mobsters turn on a machine that will attract all the antiques around, uh, around town to the machine and make them come to them. April and Don follow these hovering items all the way back and learn uh, to the mob and spy and learn the Shredder's plan that he at least wants the statue. They don't know why yet, but they get found out while they're there. They run away and retreat to April's apartment and the statue is delivered there finally. Uh, Donatello is going to use it as leverage to get his friends back. The mob finally explains that Shredder wants, oh, so he, back. Donatello then sets up a plan to contact the mob to tell them that he will give them the statue for his friends. And the mob explains that the Shredder wants the statue because it contains the formula for a super fuel. Uh, turns out that Don is actually there in the building. He surprise attacks them and takes a laser gun and runs off. 
Shredder shows up and the mobsters don't have the statue. And so he is upset with them. But then Don shows up and offers the statue in exchange for his friends. Don gives Shredder the statue, but Shredder, of course, double crosses him and isn't going to give him back his friends. Don has April shoot the hamster with the laser gun he took earlier and destroy it. Shredder believes that the mob has betrayed him since it was done with one of the laser guns and takes his weapons away from them. Don frees his friends while everyone's distracted and Shredder runs off, but the mob doesn't and the turtles catch them and send them to jail. Man. Riveting. Like, yeah, trying to summarize that was incredibly it, hard. It was an episode, let me tell you. <laughs> it's all over the place. It's a complicated plot. It's not that bad. I- you know, all the statues I own have super fuel formulas inside of them, yeah, right? I That's mean, a standard thing, right? Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure, like, all scientists store their super fuel formulas inside of statues. Right, right. It's really the safest place. Yeah. <laughs> all right, next up we have Sky Turtles. This was released on September 29th, 1989, written by Reed Shelley and Bruce Shelley. So Michelangelo is getting fat. He's standing on a scale, and the turtles are commenting that he's going to have to let his shell out if he eats any more pizza. But he suddenly starts floating off the scale. It turns out that Shredder and Krang have a, have a gravity manipulation device. They crank up the power until it affects the Channel 6 newsroom, and everyone starts floating. Uh, Byrne thinks the turtles are behind it, but April calls and confirms that's not them. As the turtles are driving around investigating the weird gravity... Shredder makes the device increase gravity, which flips the turtle van and traps the turtles upside down, unable to move. His plan is that a city that can't move can't fight back, and Bebop and Rocksteady, along with two foot soldiers, are sent to the surface with gravity-regulating boots to destroy the turtles. Bebop and the foot soldiers go off to do their own thing for a while. I don't really know where they went, but Rocksteady is goaded into the turtle van that's still flipped over. The turtles knock him down, steal his boots, and knock him unconscious with his own dirty sock. Mike takes Rocksteady's boots and tracks down the two foot soldiers. He tricks them into shooting one another and steals their boots. The three remaining turtles use the two new pairs of boots. Think like a three-legged race, right? Like one turtle has his foot in a boot and the other turtle has his foot in the same boot and they're just kind of daisy-chained that way. Um, And they use those to make their way to the turtle Donatello noticed that birds are still able to fly, which means that the high gravity must only go up a couple dozen feet. So they're able to move freely in the sky with the turtle blimp. Rocksteady and Bebop signal for help, so Shredder comes to the surface. Uh, he adjusts his boots for reverse gravity and then sets the machine to full reverse gravity. Uh, the reverse gravity is so strong, buildings are coming off their foundation. Whoops, there goes Dr- gravity. <laughs> Snap back to reality. Oh, jeez. The turtles save the Channel 6 building and they take its satellite dish. They use it to point the reverse gravity rays back at the gravity machine. So Crank amplifies the reverse gravity, which then causes a chain reaction and the gravity machine flies off into space. Gravity returns to normal and the bad guys escape back to the Technodrome. Later in the sewer later, Mike, having been lighter than air all day, decides to make sure he never flies away again by eating five pizzas all by himself. The end. Riveting. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets back up to Cybertech Labs where another battle ensues. Splinter tries to convince the turtles that he 
is not Shredder in Splinter's body in Shredder's body. See, it's already confusing. Yeah, I'm dang. I'm <laughs> feeling it would be so bad now. if they didn't have like exactly the same name. It's, you know? It's, yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> yeah. My brain is broken. <laughs> it's 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 such a hard episode to follow. But then the turtles figure out that Shredder is really Splinter. The Shredder is Splinter. <laughs> and then everything gets changed back to normal when everyone gets knocked back into the machine. The end. Man. Boy, what, howdy. What another episode. <laughs> yeah, just, just another episode. Oh. I, will, I will say, this was my favorite of the three. Mm. All right. <laughs> yeah no, all right, no comment all right, <laughs> no comment i preferred the maltese hamster myself out of all these right. three well let's uh let's, let's do a second time around then all right hey uh, nice junk so maltese hamster uh are the baby masks just not a thing anymore or they just decided they didn't want to wear them that day it's, it's really like, weird because like they have several disguises yeah. Like, we just got the baby masks at the beginning of this season. They had the puffy jackets in the first season. And then like we're back to the trench coats and pants. Yeah. So I was just wondering, you know, like is there, you know, did they like lose the baby masks last time they took them off running out of the uh, restaurant to go stop the yeah. robbery or whatever it was? Yeah, it's a, little, it's a little weird. It's possible that this episode was just written before that episode, but produced later or something. Like, that's all I can think of. Fair I, enough. I mean, these were coming out pretty quickly in succession. They were probably already working on this one before uh, that other one that, never came out. That's yeah. what I was saying, like, how, how these episodes are kind of produced out of order. Um, because, like, there's a, there's a couple other things that we'll talk about in, in, in later episodes, but it is a little... Like there, there are certain things that like should have happened sequentially, but because these episodes, like there is no status or the status quo always goes back to normal. Uh huh. Like these episodes can kind of be played in any order. Yeah, we do learn where April lives, which is one ten West Thirteenth. So. Yeah, we know the actual like apartment building now, or the actual address of the apartment building. Which huh. remember, in another episode, we learned that Irma also lives in this building. That's a real address. Gonna Google that real quick. I was going to, and then I didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> why don't you do that? Um, so, Maltese Hamster. Uh, this is the first time that Krang hasn't appeared. Um, no, I think Krang does appear just shortly. Because no, wait. Oh, that's Sky Turtles. Never yeah. mind. Yes, the first time Krang doesn't appear. Yeah, first time Krang doesn't appear since he was introduced. Yeah, sorry, my so. notes are all mixed up due to uh, <laughs> the mixed-up order of the episode. Due to the mix-up order? <laughs> yes. So your That's notes crazy. Your, your notes aren't in production order either. <laughs> no. That's crazy for an episode featuring some kind of super fuel that uh, Krang is not involved whatsoever. Because he's usually the one like telling Shredder to go after the thing that will fix the Technodrome. So. Yeah. Strange. Uh, that is the real address. It does appear to be an apartment building in Greenwich Village. Oh, so there you go. It's Greenwich Village. Excuse me. I'm the, from Nebraska. The W is silent, I've learned. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm from, from Nebraska where we pronounce things stupidly you, anyway. Where you pronounce your W's? <laughs> I'm trying to think of the, 
the town here that doesn't look like what it's spelled. I'm blanking. I've had a long day. Sorry. Yeah. No, we, <laughs> but, we've got plenty of those in Utah. We have a town that it's named down. It's like in Southern Utah. Its name is spelled like hurricane, but it's called hurricane. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Hurricane. Doesn't make any sense. I'm trying to think. I mean, we have La Jolla, which I've heard some out of towners pronounce La Jolla or La Jolla. Um, yeah. Costa Mesa, Costa Mesa. Oh, Hun- Huntington Beach. It's spelled Huntington Beach, uh-huh. but it's pronounced Huntington. Or if you're my old drunk manager, Huntington. <laughs> <laughs> Norfolk. Uh, that, that's what I think. Norfolk. Nebraska. Norfolk. It's, it's spelled Norfolk, but it's pronounced Norfolk. Oh, that I don't is know weird. why. Yeah, that is weird. It's the weirdest that's, thing. Yeah, that's that's weirder than Hurricane. Like Hurricane, I can at least kind of understand, right? <laughs> uh, this is the first time that we have an actor, or one of the regular voice actors, doubling for another voice actor. Uh, Townsend Coleman, who plays Michelangelo, doubled for Burn this episode. Um, because Pat Fraley, who uh, plays Krang, plays Burn, wasn't able to do Burn this episode. Huh. Probably trying to save some money and not pay him for this episode, I would assume. <laughs> I mean, it dep- I mean, he he was. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because Krang wasn't there. So yeah, Krang's not there. Yeah. There was the part in this episode where I thought they got away with something with the censors because Raph says, uh, see, this is what you get for being crabby I, with the customers. I heard that and I had to do a double take. I yeah. was like, what? It says it sounds like he says this is what you get for being for crappy, being crappy to your customers. customers. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, but no, he says crappy. Man, you guys, you hear rude is crude. You hear crappy instead of I'm, crabby i came i came it's on board with cool but cool but rude i came Spencer, on board with cool but rude i just told you how we pronounce norfolk <laughs> <laughs> there you go all right there you yeah. go uh it also goes to that saying that this episode is loosely based on the humphrey bogart movie the maltese falcon yeah i've never seen oh. that movie I have an idea. Me neither. I'm not. I, I'm not a. I'm not a mobster movie guy, which is what I'm going to get into in anchovies. Yeah, I I was reading about it though. I I guess it's just like a really nice statue. He's trying to get back. It's like jewel encrusted. But I guess it's like the the start of the noir film. Uh, it's like the first example of that in American cinema. Apparently. Oh really? Yeah. Probably. So. Huh. Didn't realize that. That's a cool fact. Cool. Cool. Well then, Sky Turtles. Should we talk about Sky Turtles? Sky Turtles. I had this on VHS when I was a kid, and I only know that I have it on VHS because I was watching this this disc like a year ago. Mm. And when they take off Rocksteady's boot and his toe is like sticking through his sock, it all just came flooding back to me. I was like, I've seen this. I (laughs) watched this like every other day. Visceral (laughs) comes back. It was one of the Burger King videos. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I, I don't know why it was it was specifically that toe po- poking through the sock i was like oh man <laughs> See, it's, it's like I, it's like i said like with like the baby mask like that rubber sound mm-hmm. like it hits you and you're like oh i remember that <laughs> um i actually did not remember this episode like I, I i remember the toe poking through the sock but i don't remember the actual like plot of the episode well i mean 
it's not like it really made a whole lot of sense. It's not like it's an easy plot to remember. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. like, this one, it, it it's okay. Um, yeah. Like, I really got, I really got nothing on it because I was just like, oh, okay. Like, turtles can't. Like the the gravity, like a lot of it didn't make sense. It was a, it was. It, it, like the grab, like the rules kept changing every scene. It felt like, because mm-hmm. then it's like, why does the gravity only affect their feet? Yeah, no, I mean, I was going to talk about an anchovies. Like this whole episode, it's just like that is not how gravity works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my my wife was sitting next to me, and she's like, "This is like the opposite of the magic school bus. Like, it's just <laughs> teaching nonsense." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh man. Uh, we're, not, we're not at anchovies yet. Yeah, we're yeah, not we're at anchovies, anchovies yet. yet. All right, let's so keep question the damn. Here. Yeah. Question here: What is the Shredder creating power dynamic? Because, like in this episode, suddenly Shredder is calling the shots, and he is just like the one in charge, saying exactly what they're going to do. And Krang's just like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah." Like, they they yeah. have to like trade off or something. <laughs> See, well, initially it was like Krang needed Shredder for a body. Shredder needed Krang for technology, and now they don't have that anymore. So I don't really know why Krang is hanging out with Shredder at all. He seems completely incompetent. Uh, yeah, a lousy like Krang, yeah. Krang can just make foot soldiers on his own. He doesn't need Shredder, and he's got backup rock soldiers. Like he doesn't need Shredder for anything. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand and even why then, they're like, hanging out. and Rocksteady seem like they would rather work for Krang. Yeah. I, yeah, and Krang just seems that he would rather have them go off with Shredder. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah fair, yeah. but also like, yeah, it, it, Krang just does not need Shredder. It's like it's like he's humoring Shredder, or he's like keeping Shredder around specifically because he's making like it makes Krang laugh when he fails. Yeah, like I, that has to be the only reason. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense, and for the most part, Shredder just does whatever Krang says. He's just like, usually that's what it is. It's like the Krang uh, that Shredder is more like. Krang's like he's like his under he serves under him. That's what it usually feels like. That's what threw me off with this episode. Like Krang, a bit Krang is like, constantly gaslighting Shredder, be like, oh, if you do this for me, I'll give you your foot soldiers. Yeah. And then like Shredder goes and does it because he thinks he's gonna get a foot soldier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then Shredder it. gaslights whoever he's trying to get the foot so- get the stuff from, right? <laughs> it's any it's just, any little bit of power, Shredder. Yeah. Yeah. goes for it because speaking of like shredder has that whole crazy like he disappears for like half of the episode when he goes up to the street and then like just stands there while all the buildings are separating from their uh ink from their foundations and like he, he's just standing there in the street admiring his work <laughs> yeah it's I was just kind of confused by it. I guess it makes sense for Shredder to like do it for more power, but like, what is Krang's motivation other than yeah? I guess maybe he gets to uh, laugh at him. Yeah, he likes. Did he say in one episode they like seeing people and animals suffer? Krang says that. Krang says that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. I guess that's because that's that's what he says to Bebop and Rock City. He's like, he's like, I like to watch people and animals suffering. You, my friends, are both. That's it. Yeah. All right. The old switcheroo. Those machines are definitely transmats in yeah. the comic book, right? <laughs> like they're definitely transmats. I, yeah. yeah, they got they're like the platform with the three like weird arms that point at it. Yeah, I was like, that's from the cover of the video game. I know exactly what that is. <laughs> Which is pretty cool that they actually did that. You know, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's intentional or it just kind of happened to look like it, but it's a cool little nod. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. The machine that Donatello makes at the beginning of the, at the, of the episode, it looks like a common, like a cross between like the pizza thrower toy and that like coffee machine he makes during the uh, theme song. Uh-huh. Like when Donatello does machines and it like takes off. Yeah. I thought it was neat. I liked that it had like a weird steering wheel that he was trying to play with. Yeah. <laughs> like when he was trying to uh, make it not explode. But yeah, it does kind of look like a pizza thrower now that you mentioned it. I didn't, I didn't recognize that. Huh. Yeah, it's just that a uh, standard body swapping. Uh, you know, the, it the is, brains yeah. get swapped of two different characters. It, it, the was, it was just a Freaky Friday episode, which I'll get into my, I'll save it for my anchovy, but yeah, it's yeah, they're, it's they're, just a Freaky Friday episode. Yeah, they're pretty common. I feel like most Saturday morning cartoons have one of these somewhere. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Anything with any sort of sub uh, sci-fi element has this episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. So another thing I thought was kind of weird was the, like the turtles, like and this is why I think the episodes were produced out of order is the turtles act surprised when they see the transport module. Like they're specifically like, Whoa, what is that? And then when it takes off, like they're surprised that the lava like burns their feet because Michelangelo and Raphael ran over to it. Yeah. That is real strange, especially like, didn't they have something similar from the very beginning? Yeah. Like it was like the second episode in the season, they got their feet burned on the lava and they were like, Whoa, yeah, and so and so that's why it's... I'm talking like back like the Baxter Stockman episode in season one. Didn't they use these things, or was that something different? No, this was the no. These specifically came in this season. Okay, because right. remember they like they were in Dimension X in the last season, so they couldn't use these. Okay, and I think it was I think it was beneath the streets was the one where Krang's like, oh, I made these, and you can use these pneumatic tubes to shoot you up to the surface. Okay. All right. That makes more sense. But yeah. But, it's like, it's... but that's what I'm saying. Like we're on episode six and we've had six episodes of the transport module so far, but this is like the first time the turtles are like, what are those? That is weird. Yeah. They, they must've written these all in one, one afternoon and like shuffled like, them up. It's either the episodes are produced out of order or they're caught like the scripts, like they wrote scenes and then made episodes out of the scenes. Like they wrote the scenes on postcards and then we're just like, doot, 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 moving them around on a board. <laughs> just scrummed the entire season. I Basically. actually kind of, I kind of believe that given the plot of the Maltese hamster. Yeah. Like it feels like they, they like wrote down mobsters and then like put that on the Maltese hamster episode. Yeah. That's all I got for these. Yeah. That's all I have too. Yeah. Let's get into anchovies then. Talk about these things. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. This is going to be fun. I've been looking forward to ripping into these episodes. Like, <laughs> Have you? Off yeah. The, at the jump, Maltese Hamster, I stopped watching halfway through because it was so annoyingly boring. Oh, man. I thought... I Surprisingly, I knew Maltese Hamster was an insane episode, but I, I really enjoyed it. I... Yeah. But it was the strongest of the three. I, as far as like too. pure, I mean, I'm eating like 
Lucky Charms and drinking my coffee Saturday morning, slept in, you know, I was in the prime spot for it. Maybe that's why I enjoyed it so much. Maybe, but, but like, yeah. yeah, like I, I tuned out, like I just could not do it. Like by the time he teams up with April, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I mean, except for, I, it's a pretty straightforward, uh, like trope uh, parody kind of thing. Until you get to where they're using the antique magnet to find the statue that yeah. contains the super fuel formula. Like then it just goes off the rails. I, yeah. yeah, like it's it's so wild. And I just like, I already don't like, like I already don't care for mobster movies. Mm-hmm. And so like this movie was nothing, or this episode was nothing but like a bad mobster impression. Like, cause like nothing, like it was just Donatello wanting, like just speaking in noir. And it's like nothing else in the episode was playing along with it, which is funny because it's just Donatello narrating himself in like this kind of weird way. But like, it doesn't really add anything to the episode because no one else is kind of in character in this noir like style. And no one ever like calls attention to Donatello reading, like narrating things like this. I think they do at the very end. I think uh, Raphael see, calls him well, out. Well, if I'd like, stayed around, I would have seen that. Yeah, well, Raphael, <laughs> Raphael calls him out, I think, at the beginning. And then he, at the end, he's just like, Donatello, put a sock in it. You know, yeah. like, shut up. <laughs> but yeah, it, it almost seems like he should be recounting a tale or something. But he's just kind of doing it as it's happening. And it just happens to be mobsters at the same time. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Because Raph, okay, so Raph says at the beginning, he goes, oh, that's it, Donatello. Tell every crank in, in town we're here, don't you? Like after he does his opening narration. Uh-huh. But that's really it. Yeah, the other thing about this episode, though, is like at first I thought, like, how can they know that Shredder's behind all of this? And then I remember, oh, yeah, he's the only person who ever does anything. Yeah. You know, like, of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course Shredder's behind it. He's our only bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm I'm convinced that if one of the turtles woke up in the middle of the night, walked their way to the bathroom and like stubbed their toe on a bookcase, they'd be like, ah, it's the shredder. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's behind everything bad in their well, lives. Well, okay, so as we'll learn in the next episode, like when when the turtles all start like floating randomly in the sewers, like Leo looks to Splinter and he's like, What's going on, Master Splinter? And Splinter immediately is like, I think I know what the problem is. And it's like it's shredder. It's yeah. always shredder. It's always shredder. Yeah. It's never lupus. It's always Shredder. <laughs> the other thing is like, why is that like a normal thing that happens in antique stores is you give it to some boy to deliver it to your door, even though you could just take it home with you. Okay. So in out here in California, uh huh, there is an antique store that does that. They don't let you take it home. They ship it to you, even though you pick it out in the store huh so i didn't think that was weird like i didn't think it was like it, it is weird i just yeah. didn't think it was weird because i've seen it in real life okay i've never seen it in real life so i was like what yeah <laughs> there's there's an antique store out here that i've been to that that actually did that huh do you know why yeah. uh i i i i don't know I don't know. <laughs> I didn't yeah, buy only, any, I didn't buy anything. I was just reading like their their policy. I don't know if this is uh, still a thing too, because I, I know the antique store is still around, but I've, I haven't been to it in years. 
Well, I guess that that anchovy doesn't exist anymore because apparently it's <laughs> no. It, it is in real still life. weird. It is it, still it, it weird. Is, it is weird, but like I can't complain about it as like something that doesn't make sense. <laughs> but apparently, real antique stores do it. <laughs> I yeah, I've only ever seen stuff like that in like movies where like rich people are shopping at jewelry stores and like you have it delivered. I got other shopping to do or whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, like they do that in like auctions and movies and stuff. It's like, oh, I yeah, bid on this yeah. million dollar thing, and they don't let them like taking it, like walking out with it is, is always weird. They have to like ship it to you. Mm-hmm. Huh. In fact, actually, so real life, another friend of mine, they did an auction, and like we were all there. It was like a, it was like a um, uh, this comic book artist, uh, Babstar, fantastic artist, love her work. She's drawn turtles a couple times. Um, and a friend of mine bid on her uh it was like this original thing that she did and they because it was in the gallery they had to leave it there even though it was his they tagged it that that no one else could buy it um and they uh they shipped it to them like like a month later huh that is interesting now i i think i think you're your anchovy is still valid. I think what's also awful about that uh, that part of the episode is that, like, April and the turtles go off. They fight with the mob like three different times, and then the delivery boy shows up. Like, it yeah. took him like a solid six hours to get down. Well, the he block was incredibly to sleepy. Remember at the beginning <laughs> of the episode. Not only that, but you know, as everything, all the antiques were getting drawn to the antiques magnet. That kid had to have just been like holding on to it for dear life in a lamppost just like i gotta make it yeah that was a very dedicated to get like dedicated delivery kid like how big of a tip was he expecting that's what i was about to say like whatever he's getting paid it's not enough (laughs) it's never enough what is the deal with the antique magnet like that that baffled me and like how does it how does it discern what is an antique versus what is just old garbage yeah, exactly. Like, like what qualify as an antique. It's futuristic yeah. technology. I mean, how do they have like it's, a yeah? It's technology that just from Dimension X. Robots. It's technology <laughs> from Dimension X. None of it ever yes. makes sense in this show. I don't know. It's one of those things that I just let slide. I'm just like, yep, an antique magnet. That sounds right. That Let's sounds, keep going. That's, that's doable. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. <laughs> There's so many things at this show that at this point where I'm like, yeah, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. That's one of the things I just let slide because I was like, that seems like a normal thing that the show would do. Right. Yeah, another weird thing is like the mob is hanging out at this nightclub called the Meat Rack. Yeah. But like when they fight afterwards, it's like a pastry shop. Like there are carts of like cakes and stuff all around this nightclub. On top of that, like who is bouncing at the front of this club that they let a teenager in? (laughs) And what's, what's wild is, is like it's like a very 80s like tech noir nightclub but like these guys these are like 40s monsters yeah that's true yeah they should be in like a you know smoky dank place yeah it's uh, it's just it's super weird and it's I, i don't know like 40s like and I, I get it, like 40s mobsters, that's shorthand for kids, so they recognize, like, oh, these are bad guys, these are mobster bad guys. Yeah. Like, I get it, but it's it's still just, it, it totally just is all over the place. Because then it makes it seem like they're in on Donatello's whole shtick. 
yeah, that's it's it's wild. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I do love a good trope, so maybe that's why. I, yeah, that's kind of what it was. Yeah. yeah, I did think probably the worst part of this episode was Don. Like he he puts like the shell of a television on his head and tricks all the mobsters that he's <laughs> on TV talking to them. And they answer him and they explain what's going on to the television. They're not <laughs> very like, smart. I, like, that's the stupidest. Like, <laughs> it was like David Wise just like wrote himself into a corner. I was like, uh, I had this idea where someone talks over a TV. I was like, move the sticky note to there. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's about all I had for that episode. Yeah. Same. All right. So sky turtles, sky turtles, sky turtles. So, the the whole anti-gravity boots thing the whole anti-gravity thing period <laughs> well it's, i'm gonna go specifically the boots here for a second because like michelangelo like after they take rocksteady's boots he goes out and he beats the two foot soldiers and takes their two boots but bebop is there too and nobody like is like oh where's bebop nobody fights bebop so bebop is still wearing his anti-gravity boots throughout the episode and yeah. even even at the very end, when he when him and Rocksteady get launched into the sky, Bebop is still wearing his anti gravity boots. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I took it as he didn't adjust them like Shredder did, but like, but then still, like, why where did, did Michael? Why did Michelangelo leave him? Why did he Michelangelo stop at the two foot soldiers? Yeah, and then just run back into the van, leaving Bebop outside still. And what what were Bebop and those two foot soldiers doing? Because they went out to destroy the turtles, and then they just like walk away. And they, and they just yeah, and they just wait outside while Rocksteady goes inside. Yeah. And then yeah. It just, it, I was thinking about it at this point too. Like the foot soldiers are just robot men. Mm-hmm. Why even keep the pretense of having them be ninjas at this point? Like they're just these are just robot men walking around with laser guns. Like, I can't even think of the last time that they had, like, ninja weapons. <laughs> because they made the action figures. And... <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. yes. Yes, I know. Real world yeah. is because to sell toys. It's They already had the character sheet all, all I, mocked out. And I know. Yeah. yeah. But you're right, it's just, yeah. It just, it's just silly. Mm-hmm. And me complaining about things being silly in Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Specifically the 87 Ninja Turtles. I mean the whole thing is I know. I'd st- I'm being stupid and nitpicky at that point, but yeah, but it was it was just it was just funny because I'm i st- I'm like watching like the four of the like Rock City Bebop and two foot soldiers standing in a line aiming guns, and I'm like, why are they even ninjas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's really no point in it at all at this point. Like they could just be robot men. Yeah. And it, it's still the exact same thing. Yeah, like it's just the fact that they're that they're still making robot men, and then dressing up these robot men, and then giving them like skin hands, because that's the only like part of skin that they show. So they're like, you know, it it, it, it was just just drop the pretense and just make them robot men. Yeah, yeah, strange. It, yeah, it, it's it's because the toy was already made. That's like there's no in, there's no in world explanation because no, just, I know like there's no in world explanation. It's just 
it, it it's it boils down to who cares really yeah like and i know that but this wouldn't be anchovies if i if we didn't have something to complain about oh not at <laughs> so. all not at all yeah i only really have one anchovy for this episode but it's like the whole episode <laughs> like <laughs> i just kind of found it boring like the whole episode can really just be summed up in like oh gravity's weird whoa yeah. like, like ultimately like the this one is like Maltese hamster like I checked out of because it was just so bad. Um, Sky turtles was just boring because mm-hmm. it was just a lot of driving to the next location, and like barely really doing anything. Like it, it just it didn't make like I said. Why does it only affect their feet? And yeah, then well, like yeah. Michelangelo like. There's a there's a part where it's like Michelangelo like takes out his nunchucks when he's gonna fight the two foot soldiers and he's like, oh no, like my chucks are going in slow mo, like because the gravity's affecting his nunchucks. Yeah. And then he throws his nunchucks, and it's like they didn't immediately like fall to the ground because gravity was pulling on them. Yeah. No. It, it like the gravity makes zero sense. Like it's crushing cars and streetlights, but for some reason it doesn't crush people. And that, and <laughs> yeah. that, so that was yeah. the weird. And that was the, the thing too. I was like, oh, like this would be neat if the turtles are trapped because the the van flips over and like they're all standing on their hands. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this would be cool if gravity's crushing the van and the turtles are holding it up, like yeah. inside, like they're pushing up with their feet. I was like, that hmm. would be cool, but that never happens. Well, it's like, just the fact that it should be smashing people flat if it's crushing cars. Like, people yeah, exactly. Should be yeah. Like, dead. And, and it's like, <laughs> and we had just set up that that was happening, so it's like, oh, this could happen to the turtles, and then it doesn't, mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh, then why did you even show that? Like, yeah. it's it's very much like, you know, the God, I can't remember the name of the trope. Chekhov's gun. It's very Chekhov's gun because it's like, don't show it if you're not going to use it. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's like a solid five minutes of just like buildings ripping off the foundation. God, and like that was just... nothing. When they all just fall back into position, I'm like, none of those buildings yeah. are up to code. <laughs> They're all red tagged. <laughs> all of them. Yeah, and like uh, this, the sequence is just way too long because it's like everything. Like a cat flies up, and they <laughs> talk about the cat and make a joke about the cat, and the pizza. Okay, that joke. That joke up. was funny. He's like, "What's a cat doing up here?" I don't know, Leo. He's probably asking why there are four turtles up here. <laughs> there, there are so <laughs> many that, times. That was funny. There's so many times in this though where they like completely stop the plot and everything and just get more focused on like how could we tell the next joke is what a yeah. lot of this show feels like. It's yeah. very like oriented around the jokes and not so much around the actual story. Yeah. Or, like, well, especially through this on. episode, the story is yeah. like there is a gravity machine and like that's the only sticky note they had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a gravity machine, things fly. Yep. That's that's it. I did think it was, the other part I thought was kind of funny and kind of stupid funny was like the two women in like the dress shop, they're like, they're yelling at the guy. They're like, oh, like, you know, you just want us to buy your lame dresses. And it's like, well, why are you there? Why did you go to that shop and try on these lame dresses if you thought they were lame? And then, yeah. like, the girl faints when she sees, like, uh, Bebop and Rocksteady get out of the, the module. And she, like, bends over on the, and, like, does, like, a na- like a matrix bend backwards. <laughs> yeah, but, like, if gravity was high... Why can't she lay down? 
exactly like i yeah why her why are her feet frozen to the ground that's not how gravity works i I know yeah and then the other thing is with this one is that uh so the order i watched it on the dvd technically there's two episodes in a row that both talk about someone's weight and then have the same weight loss joke at the end of like oh i lost this much weight i'm gonna eat everything i want as we like just said, Attack of the 50 Foot Irma made the same joke, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, geez, you couldn't even, like, bother to, like, come up with new jokes. I know, I was, like, I was like, another fat shaming joke, like, right after the last one? Yeah, it's just the same two jokes. It's like, they didn't even, they didn't even try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's exactly the same joke, too. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, Ooh. anyway, that's, that's all about all I have for that one. It just made no sense. And... yeah that's like, that's same yeah, like it was ultimately it was a boring episode with just a lot of just convenience yeah yeah but the old switcheroo i'm gonna tell you i like this this was my favorite of the three even <laughs> though it was another freaky friday episode and there is a better freaky friday episode later when mikey and shredder switch bodies yeah so the cowabunga shredhead yeah cowabunga yes. shredhead is a much better version of this episode and Good i didn't know that they that uh, did it twice oh i think they oh. do it a few times yeah jeez oh, yeah. they do it a few times there's, but yeah, Shredded four, is a much better episode there's four main characters which means you can get like at least eight different uh mind swiffing episodes out of it right yeah you know and you haven't even done one of them because you did splinter in this one right? it wasn't lazy enough to just have <laughs> the same arc of shredder tries to come up with something new to defeat the turtles you have to have the brain swapping episode happened at least four different times come on i mean when you got 65 episodes to make in a year yeah (laughs) you're gonna you're gonna recycle a few plot points Mm -hmm. i guess you're not wrong but yeah uh cowabunga shredded is a much better version of this episode well, I can't wait to get to the pinnacle of 87 Freaky Friday Ninja Turtle episodes <laughs> one day. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was strange. Uh, there's like a that part where Shredder is in Splinter's body and attacks the turtles. And the turtles say, that's not Splinter's fighting style, that's Shredder's. But I thought yeah. the whole reason that like Shredder knew the turtles were because of the fighting with style Splinter was because of the fighting style. Yep, they have yep, the same yep, fighting yep. style. Cause, yeah. Because that's specifically like in the first episode when he's like, yeah. I know that fighting technique. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, that's why how is he recognizes Amada Yoshi. Yeah. And uh, I, I, God, it was, it was funny when like um, Splinter's like, oh, I hope, I hope the turtles are smart enough to realize that I'm not in that body. And the turtles never figured it out. They didn't figure it out until the very end when Splinter had to tell them, I'm not like, I'm not Shredder. Yeah. And it's like, they were suspicious, but yeah, like they just, they were just kind of like, oh, Splinter's being a dick tonight. Like that, that was the whole episode. Yeah. Yeah. My wife was watching it with me and she's like, how many times are they going to tell us they switch bodies? Like, it's like every other line is like, oh, because I'm in this other body. Yeah. I, I like, I, I was thinking about that too. Like, I was like, they're really selling how like oh we switched bodies oh we switched bodies Mm -hmm. and i was like it's kind of like i think they were doing that just to make sure kids understood because the voices didn't switch yeah that was something i actually liked about it 
That's what I was going to add. And not I like turtle. Yeah. Same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, one of the things that uh, also I noticed is like when Splinter says back when he's in Shredder's body, says he's going to set the coordinates of their what are they called? The things they take up to the surface. He's going to set it for the, the sewer module? layer. Yeah, the module. He's going to set it for the sewer layer. But he doesn't show up in the sewer layer. He shows up right outside the sewer, exactly where April and the turtles pop out. Ah, true. Yeah. <laughs> and then Shredder, like, even after the turtles figure out that they've been switched and the Shredder knows, for some reason, he still doesn't want to be swapped bodies back from Splinter's. Like you should have gone like, not no, when the job's not in. done yet. <laughs> the chick is up. Like you would probably yeah. want your body after that, unless you want to be stuck in the body of a mutant rat. Like, I just don't see why he'd want to stay in Splinter's body. Like the plan isn't going to work anymore. <laughs> why would you be like, why would they have to even try that hard to get him to switch bodies back? Yeah. Like, after they knew he'd be like, all right, yeah, whatever. <laughs> switch him around and then we'll get back to uh, chasing one another again. It was just, yeah. <laughs> boy, oh boy. But, 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 but honestly, like I said, oddly enough, like this was my favorite of the three, even though there is a better version of this episode. Like, so, I don't know. Something about it was just like, it was fun to hear like Peter Renaday do evil splinter. Yeah. Like that was fun. And then like kind of hearing nice shredder was was interesting which is what i'm gonna talk about in i love being a turtle all right let's get there oh i love being a turtle so the maltese hamster uh i actually kind of liked the noir jokes uh they kind of made me laugh like you go in you go inside the butcher's club but there's just a whole bunch of meat hanging from the ceiling which is incredibly unsanitary but in the wacky silly nature of ninja turtles it's it's funny of like you know this series it's funny that they have just meat hanging from the ceiling in the butcher's club. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's funny. I mean, because yeah. like, his name was the butcher. Yeah. Tony the butcher Vivaldi. Yeah. <laughs> or Donatello at the end like says that they they all got taken to prison for racketeering, extortion, and taking those little tags off of mattresses. <laughs> it's so it's so weird how that like like we grew up thinking that was against the law yeah and it's well, it's not yeah well it's just because the mattress says like do not remove this tag or whatever for like under reason. penalty of law but that's yeah it's not for us it's for you know it's for it's for the mattress store it's where from where you buy it from yeah, yeah. they're not supposed to remove the tag not you right <laughs> it's still i don't know i just still find it funny no yeah like i like I said, I wanted to like the noir jokes. I just wanted them to kind of do more with it. Uh-huh. And it just it didn't get there. And so yeah. it just it just felt weird to me. Like I I don't know. I want to finish this episode, but it just got so yeah. boring. Yeah, I'm a I'm a sucker for a bit. And so I think it just it really hit home for me in this episode. Like like I said already, mine is the antique magnet that's bringing in the the hamster statue that contains the rocket fuel formula like that's crazy but the rest of it's pretty solid yeah and and the one thing i will say is i always complain about you know something in this series is that like you know often the villains are or the new thing gets brought in as like a new mutant of the week this one's mobsters so you know 
that's yeah. different from a, a new yeah. mutant of the week at the very least um you know whether they executed it well or not i mean they're still working for the shredder and so it kind of ends up almost being the same thing anyway yeah but i'm surprised like because i know like they fight the mob quite a bit in this show and i'm surprised that we never got like mobster action figures from the playmates line because like anytime they don't have a mutant to fight they're fighting the mob this is kind of the first time but uh yeah well then you know i guess they probably didn't do the action figures because they figured they wouldn't sell <laughs> yeah right a guy in a suit is not nearly as exciting as you know a fly wearing a lab coat yeah or uh burn <laughs> or burn yeah. yeah i mean we do have a burn there is a burn figure really yeah yeah there is in, yeah, in the origi- yeah in the original playmates line there is a burn figure mm-hmm. all right i don't know why they chose to make him over a mobster but okay yeah because I, I, I don't i don't well, think I mean, they made guy, an guys guys in suits like those figures like really are just kind of boring yeah um but i think at the time like i think we're we're like a year away from the dick tracy movie and playmates did those figures and those were all like mobsters guys in suits so i don't know if there's like a oh we didn't want to step on our own toes or anything but yeah yeah it could have been it which have you ever seen the Dick Tracy movie, Spencer? I have not. I didn't even know there was a Dick Tracy movie. <laughs> it's it's okay. It's been I a long it. time since I saw it. It's a long time since anybody's talked about that movie. <laughs> oh, okay. They did make an Irma action figure. They did, yeah. The, and it was Vernon. very it was very famously the wrong colors. Mm-hmm. Irma's Irma's color palette is, you know, pink, blue, and a different blue. Um the action figure is like red glasses, yellow sleeves, a green sweater. And I can't remember what color her skirt was. It's red. I'm, it, I'm looking is at it. Is it red? Right yeah. Oh, see? Yeah. It's like, it's so weirdly colored. And what's cool is um, in Rescue Palooza, if you rescue Irma, uh, that is one of the color schemes you can switch her to. Yeah. Huh. Thought that was neat. Yeah, that is neat. They, they do some cool things with the color schemes in that game. Yeah, Rescue Palooza is a lot of fun, guys. <laughs> yeah. You guys should play it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I actually, well, I'll get, I don't know, we'll talk about it later uh, after we're done with uh, talking about I Love Being a Turtle. Sky Turtles was was fun. Um, it's, it, 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 like I said, it, it was boring, but it's still kind of fun in a weird way like there's so much going on there's a lot of there's a lot of good jokes in there yeah i think like compared to the wackiness that is the third act of Maltese hamster like at least sky turtles is a pretty straightforward like we have a gravity machine that's it it's not some secret formula in a in a (laughs) statue that was made by a mad scientist on an island decades ago you know it's just we have a gravity machine that's what we're doing this week yeah I can agree with that. At least it was more straightforward, I guess, and it's uh, and it's plot. It didn't uh, get so derailed. <laughs> That's all I have for it. I can't. I can't yeah. really say anything else yeah. about that episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So the old switcheroo. So okay. So what I did say I liked was the. Um, I really liked the seeing Bebop and Rocksteady like we never see what happens after shredder and them escape 
Oh yeah. Um, like they, you know, they just escape and then they're back in the tech and drum in the next scene. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of interesting to see Bebop and Rocksteady like carrying Shredder away and then like watching them like have fun escaping. Like they're like, oh, I love this part. Like when they start drilling and stuff. And I don't know, like there was something kind of interesting about it seeing it from the other angle. Yeah. Uh, kind of, I mean, not that it humanized them anymore, but it was, it was just kind of fun to see the side that we haven't seen before. Yeah. No, I mean, I can see it coming from. That is kind of cool. Yeah, we already mentioned it earlier, but I do like I like the fact that they usually when you have like a brain swapping episode, the characters will swap voices as well so that you know which characters and yeah. you know, the other one's bodies. But this one which they did. we didn't get. Yeah. And I, I actually really appreciate that because I even remember as a kid, like always thinking like that doesn't make any sense. He should be speaking yeah. with his voice and he should be speaking with his voice. Yeah. You know, they, they just because you're much voices. Just because your brain isn't a parrot doesn't mean the parrot would talk with your voice, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, the fact that they actually did that for this episode is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated it. I really like, uh, like Mike was saying, like, like the other side of that is we get to see what, what a complete jerk Shredder is 100% of the time. Yeah. He's acting as Splinter, and he's like, do your exercises 10 times and like just attacks them out of nowhere. And yeah, he's just, he's just a blatant dick. And like when just, I said, when the evil yeah. splinter attacks, yeah. <laughs> I loved it. And Peter Renaday just knocked it out of the park this episode doing the evil splinter voice. I thought it was great. Yeah, it was really good. And even James Aver kind of doing like a, a nice, a nice split, a nice shredder was, was fun too. That was kind of it. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> yeah, like, I, 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 this, it, this isn't a bad episode. It's just Cowabunga Shredhead is so much more fun. Yeah. And it's specifically because Michelangelo and Shredder switch places. <laughs> so you get to hear the Shredder saying stuff like that's Mondo. Cool. Well, it, like what's that. what, okay. What's funny is it's not, it's not necessarily a switching episode. Um, Cause like Michelangelo doesn't become shredder shredder becomes Michelangelo and moves in with the turtles. Oh, geez. So it's like a half freaky Friday episode. Okay. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> Man, there are so many episodes in season three. We're still like, it's like we're six in. <laughs> yeah. We're still like four of our episodes of the cartoon episodes away from that episode. So like, we'll be talking about that in like two months. Oh yeah, because that's episode eighteen of this season. Yeah, so we'll get we'll get uh, to Calabunga Shredheads. Yeah, they didn't even yeah. wait that long to nope. repeat this. <laughs> oh wow. yeah, I, they might have run out of post-it notes and just started using the yeah. same one over and over. You think that after having to live with Shredder twice, they'd like be able to recognize his voice coming out of someone else? They'd be like, "All right, I know how Michelangelo talks, and that is not it, dude." Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's Shredder. Come on, Shredder. Well, then, let's talk about news. Let's get in the news. This is April O'Neil of Channel 6. So, this week in news just announced yesterday is, if you checked our Facebook page, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, the new video game that's coming, is going to be releasing later this year and it is confirmed for nintendo switch so it is the first console uh 
uh, that is confirmed. So most likely, like it's going to be coming to Xbox and PlayStation. But Nintendo did their whole um, indie world showcase where they like show off a bunch of independent games, and Turtles was actually featured, um, which was very surprising because you, know, you don't think of Turtles as like an indie game, but this is an indie developer making it. Yeah. Um, so I fully didn't expect this. So I like was watching and I was like, oh, that's awesome. Also got confirmation that uh, the soundtrack is being made by T. Lopes, who, uh, if you guys have played um, Sonic Mania, which was the big, you know, retro throwback Sonic game from a couple of years ago, a fantastic soundtrack. T. Lopes, fantastic uh, musical artist. So him doing this is just chef's kiss. Very excited for the game. Yeah, I gotta say, I looked up Streets of Rage 4, because I heard that mm-hmm. you know there's another one, and I did see that they actually had a pretty big roster for the game. Yeah, and so uh, I'm so I'm, I'm, hoping... I'm in the Discord uh, for this every day, and like we're just constantly talking about like, oh, like what could they add to the game? And um, there's a suggestions channel that's just, you know, like, hey, can we have a bigger roster? Hey, you know, can we have like a turtle verse and have different versions of the turtles? Uh, oh, can we get alternate skins? Uh, so if you guys aren't in the Discord, uh, definitely check it out. It's, it's fun. Good, a lot of yeah. good, a lot of good people, a lot of good conversations. Yeah, for me, like art styles and like don't really throw me off that much. Like alternate skins would be cool, but playing this game, like no matter what, it looks like you're gonna have foot ninjas working at computers, jumping up out of the computers, and, and that just looks you. fun. Which it looks yeah. fun. It is funny. But, you know, once again, it's it's very 87. Like, even if you put, you know, a 2003 skin over it or whatever is your favorite, it's still very 87. Yeah. You know. I would like, like to see... The like, skins are cool, and I'd love to see, like, varieties of skins and a variety of, of characters at play to help hopefully expand things a little bit more for people. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, one, of, one of the things I... Uh, so, I've been thinking about it, and... Uh, that topic actually kind of came up in the Discord today. Was like this game is very '87 focused. Like the designs are pretty much all of the new style guide that uh-huh. Nick has put out. Um, the one that's like it's not quite the '87 Fred Wolf designs. It's like a modern version of them. Uh huh. Um, like this game is very heavily based off of that, whereas the original games weren't. Like they they were. 87-esque but like you had things like buff Rocksteady in the games whereas like he's fat and you know a slob in in the show yeah and so so it's it's like this game is very much like hey like follow the style guide kind of thing um but speaking of the art for the game um i found out the uh the kind of like the key art the big logo the four turtles um, was done by Edward Wang, uh, Iron Pinky on uh, Twitter. He's a very famous uh, Udon entertainment artist. Uh, one of my favorites. I've been following him for years. Um, so I kind of got confirmation that he did that key art for it. And I was like, oh, it's awesome. Very happy. I don't know. It's one of those things where like, I, I see, you know, the, how, how excited people are for this game. Like they should be. I'm excited for it still. Even, you know, even if it is 87 based, we're getting a Turtles game. Uh, so it's very exciting, but I just find it funny that there's like, I don't know, 87 fans that like, don't like rise because they think it's super silly. And then they get mm-hmm. super excited about this game that, uh, features yeah. 
you know, the foot ninjas typing on keyboards and then they all jump out and, and fight. Like, you know, 87 <laughs> is just as silly. My, you know, if you're, if you're thinking against Rise is how silly it is, then you should my probably friend find Colin, something new to, to My friend Colin about. was uh, mentioning that. Um, I think on one of the on one of the posts I shared to one of the turtles groups, he's like, he's like, man, look at the look at those uh, foot soldiers typing at desk. That sure is really silly. Anyway, rise. Yeah, yeah. Like anyway, it's anyway. I'm it's, excited for it. It's fun to get I'm a new Ninja Turtle game. game. Art style doesn't really throw me off that much. Like, I mean, I, of course, like just like everyone else, I have my preferred art styles and stuff for the Ninja Turtles. But like, right. it does. It's not a make or break for me. Uh, I think it's 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 so well animated that that's yeah. why I'm so excited for it. Yeah, and that's what I, makes me excited for it is the excellent animation. I've seen gameplay of Streets of Rage, and I've seen that you can actually do like combo moves in that. You know, it's more mm-hmm. than just a punch button and a jump button. Yeah, for that game, and so I'm hoping that continues over to here. We actually did see that in the new gameplay trailer that came out yesterday. Okay, cool. Uh, I still so, need to like actually sit. Yeah, down Mike. And watch it. Mike does like a punch kind of combo before he does like a special move at the end yeah donatello does this cool spin attack um and yeah so we saw that all in the in the gameplay trailer that came out yesterday leo Uh, appears to do like a counter like a guy hits him in the back he blocks it and then like zips around the screen and hits yeah it's pretty cool oh yeah that's really Um, cool so i'm i'm super stoked for those kind of combos um another thing i thought was kind of interesting was the the more i saw of it in motion yesterday uh, the more I realized it's not actually based on like Turtles in Time, like that that style. Um, it's closer to like the Game Boy, like a Game Boy Advance game. Mm-hmm. Um, and like specifically like the 2007 Turtles game uh-huh. on Game Boy Advance. Like the, Isn't it the same studio? It's I think it's some of the same people. Yeah. Now that I'm like doing my homework a little bit more on it. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, no, like the animation looks spectacular. Like I'm a big fan of it. Like I think the game looks really nice and stuff, you know. It's just that for me, you know, like 87, just like Rise is kind of like, like they're not bad. Well, I mean, I don't know, 87, that's pretty controversial. But Rise isn't bad. (laughs) It's just. uh, It's just different. It's just different. You know, it doesn't quite hit that spot for me. And 87 is the same for me. Like it just doesn't hit that Ninja Turtle spot for me. Yeah, that's so, so like, fair. Yeah, and so it is kind of like, uh, but at the same time, it's a Ninja Turtles game. I'm going to get excited for it. Like, the, the combos look great. The art looks great. It looks like it'll be a fun game, and we might get a bigger roster. Like, I might get to play as Casey Jones, or, you know, maybe they'll throw in, like, Mondo Gecko and some of the Mutanimals. Like, if they just throw in, like, a Mutanimals DLC pack, and you have, like, Mondo Gecko in there, and Man Ray, and... I don't know, whoever else they decide to put in there. They can put in specifically characters from the Archie comics. They can use some of the ones from the IDW. I don't care. Uh, but it would be cool if they did something like that. Yeah, like a lot of a lot of that extra like stuff would be really cool. Like, I mean, like Ace Duck, like finally make him do something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that would be cool. Um, but yeah, bringing it back around, confirmed for Nintendo Switch, coming out later this year. I'm thinking closer to Christmas. That is my that is my prediction. Yeah, I'm feeling I'm, more like the end of the year. I'm more than happy to be wrong and have it come out during the summer, but uh yeah. Confirmed later this year and bring it around again for you guys. Uh it is most likely going to come to Xbox and PlayStation. They're just not announced yet. 
Uh, in toy news, uh, right after we recorded last week's episode, uh, NECA announced that they're going to have a full month of kind of special pre-orders for figures um, in the Toon Turtles line uh, directly on their website. So, you know, buy from them, ships to you when they're made. Uh, they kicked the whole event off with an exclusive ultimate pizza monster figure, which uh, looks amazing. They kind of made a pizza monster uh, a couple of years ago as like a San Diego exclusive. Um, but that one was a yellow painted alien figure from the movie Aliens. Um, it's kind of like an inside joke that like, and I think they called it the sewer alien specifically i think it was like uh, sewer warriors you know more for something like something that. like yeah like yeah. something like it was very tongue-in-cheek like it it was a san diego exclusive so it wasn't even widely available but it was really cool that they they did that like because they had the alien license they have the alien license and they were able to kind of do both um but this is an actual pizza monster uh it's in the seven inch scale it is actually bigger than the turtles um not as big as they get in the episode but it is kind of cool um uh it by the time this episode goes up it unfortunately will the pre-orders will have closed uh they close on the 18th um so if you <laughs> didn't get in that on that pre-order you did miss out on them um it was limited uh limit two per person i already got mine um and uh yeah they also kicked the event off by kind of putting some other figures that were harder to get like the triceraton warrior and the roadkill rodneys and the rat king and vernon two-pack um so we're we record on thursdays tomorrow the 16th they're actually going to um release the next one so kind of we're hoping something brand new or some other hard to find figures Guys, I don't know if this counts as news or not, but I'm getting uh, text updates on my Krang Funko Pop. It's going to be here tomorrow. Um, <laughs> the one from Entertainment Yeah, it arrived in Omaha earlier today, and it's kind of from Omaha here to where I'm at. So I'm I'm pretty excited for that. Man, yeah, that you get text really cool. alerts? Yeah, if you track a package, yeah, you can, you you can package, sign up for text alerts. Yeah, but yeah, I remember I can do that. I just had to do something that I don't feel like taking the time to do to actually get it. So <laughs> yeah, it was something it, it really like helps. That. It really helps with my like neurotic paranoia. So um, let's see. That's yeah. why I always have everything shipped to work. So yeah. that way, mm-hmm. that way it's like a bonus to my day. I get toys nice. delivered to me at work. Wow. Yeah. Uh, speaking of toys, one last thing. It was the second week of April, so we got our second April O'Neil update. Um, so Judith Hogue put out another video on her YouTube channel. Uh, this time kind of detailing the work that went into the sculpt for April O'Neil. So we got a good look at the articulation um, that's going to go inside of it uh, that we saw a closer to final um, version of the head sculpt, which looks amazing. Uh, we also got a tease of an unmasked Casey Jones figure um, that was in the same shot. It wasn't acknowledged by anybody, but it was in the same shot that... Um, that the April head was in. So that was kind of cool to see. Um, They've described April O'Neil as an ultimate figure, which in the the terminology with NECA, the ultimate figure is they're usually single carded ultimate versions of the figures with lots of accessories. So um, my kind of thought process is because it's going to be an alternate April, uh, it's going to come with that Casey head so that you can put it on the already released Casey head or Casey Body from the Raphael in Disguise and Casey Jones 2-pack that came out last year. 
That's my thought process on it. Or you can just have Casey Jones disembodied head. You could just have that too, but you just have April holding it in her hand, just right. <laughs> right. I'm feeling like like a uh, like Hamlet or something. Yeah. Yep. Here's why you didn't see him in Secret of the Ooze. <laughs> he, he came back in Turtles Three. You're right. He did. He did. Yeah, man. Um, also, another tease that we saw in the Ultimate uh, Pizza Monster pictures was a Neca Irma, which has not been announced or teased at any point. Uh, up until now so that was kind of a cool little uh reveal uh it's a lot of speculation on who that irma figure is going to come out with um i'm personally open for a rex one but you know who knows it'll probably be burn uh you know the other money is like ace duck is is already announced and ace duck doesn't have a um a box mate yet so irma and ace duck like they don't fit together thematically, but you know they're two figures, you know, yeah. in the same. Neither, neither same did uh, Vernon and 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 uh, Rat King. Well, they did because there was that episode where uh, he turned into the rat, so you had Rat Vernon. Oh, I guess I haven't seen that. Oh yeah. So like that uh-huh. thematically kind of fit together, even though it was like a one episode thing. But like gotcha. Irma thematically only really fits with vernon burn or april i need to figure out what the japanese word for rat is and just like entitle that episode rat para you know (laughs) (laughs) instead of necopara yeah probably (laughs) uh let's see in other news i am still trying to track down that turtles in disguise figures uh going by all of the toy groups that i'm in they are hitting across the country now so if you guys are heading to your uh local target and you see one pick one up you see two leave one for the next collector um but yeah uh awesome set more pictures are coming out of people messing with the different heads um different expressions like i i can't wait to find this pack and get it in hand yeah i just never go to target otherwise i'd uh, let you know if i saw any hey <laughs> if you ever do go to target though <laughs> i would i wouldn't mind if you checked that NECA section for me oh well I'll, i went to I'll three today <laughs> oh wow well is that it for toy news uh that is it for toy news this week um pretty cool week uh so yeah uh tomorrow the 16th uh we'll get announcement for the next round and yeah all right then for comic books issue number 116 of the idw series is coming out so that's april 21st it'll be tomorrow from the day we release this podcast that wednesday so if you're uh, excited to see how the current story arc is turning out, go uh, go get it. I probably would be if I was caught up. I'm almost there. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get there one day. So what are we what are we doing next week? Next week we're going to be covering issues 15 and 17 of Volume One of the Mirage series. Okay, so that's like what fun. The, the that's the one with Doctor Dome that Peter Layer did, and then yes. the one. That Eric Talbot and Kevin Eastman did. Yeah, uh, the distractions. I forget what happens in that one, but it should be it's, fun. It's a, yeah, they're both fun issues. I really like both of them. They're a lot of fun. Well, so then. Uh, so then, guys, if you enjoyed the episode, let us know uh, by leaving a review. You can find the podcast on all podcast uh, 
places wherever you download them. Um, but if you guys want to connect with us, you can do that by hitting up Ninja Turtle Power Hour on all the social medias. Uh, we are all active on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, if you guys like the show, like I said, leave a review. We really appreciate it. If you guys want to talk to us, uh, feel free to DM any of the socials. Um, we'd love to talk to more turtles about, uh, you know, pretty much anything. Uh, but yeah, until then, guys, we'll catch you later. Yeah. And I also want to like just give a big thank you out to everyone that has uh, reached out and talked to us and let us know that they're fans of the show. We really yeah. appreciate it. It's like super cool. I've gotten... I've gotten DMS from uh, other listeners, like kind of just telling me like their thoughts of Ninja Turtles, um, like kind of their own version of little fan fiction, um, which is awesome. Like I love reading that kind of stuff. Um, and I love hearing other Ninja Turtles ideas. So please like, you know, DM us, like, you know, let us know um, if you're cool. We'd love to read some of it on the show. Um, you know, yeah. Just get in contact with us. We, we want to talk turtles with you. Yeah, we appreciate it. It is really, really cool to hear from you guys. So with that, we'll talk to you next week. Until next time, cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. Me, Alardo? No way, dudes. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I was going to do the Don, Donatello's opening as like the, like, ah, four turtles walking down the rainy alley. Oh, but where's that ninja turtle? <laughs> I was going to do that whole thing, but then I was like, I just, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Don't blame me there. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it was fun to see them in their trench coats for a lot, you know, the majority of an episode. The trench coat turtles yeah. are always fun. Kind of actually toys into the the turtles in disguise. Well, uh, I said that weird. Kind of uh, plays into the whole uh, turtles in disguise action figures that are out. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't even mention that. Yeah, I mean, it just barely dawned on me. I was like, oh yeah. yeah. Oh well. I'm going to cut out. I had yeah, it crazy. Is late. It is later than we usually are. Yeah. Oh, wow. Crazy, yeah, it is. I had a crazy 24 hours. Last night, I, uh, I'm watching my neighbor's cat. They're out of town. I went over there, and it looked like a uh, like a Saw movie in their house. Like, the cat had knocked, either knocked a lamp off a table or had broken a potted plant mm-hmm. because there were two broken lamps and one broken potted plant. It cut the back of its leg. And then just like went all around the house. So there's just like blood everywhere. It was, Holy shoot. Yeah. So That's no bueno. I, w- I was cleaning up blood and, and trying to catch a cat for their parents to take to the emergency vet last night. So gotcha. I was up pretty late. Yeah.
Yeah. Well, yeah, you go to bed then, dude. All right, then. Good night, guys. Good night. Take care. All right. See you guys. Take care. See you.